all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And I'm also Rachel, so this is about to get really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and this is All Bad Things featuring, yes, Rachel from Yours and Murder. Yes. Yay! This has been um, uh, a, a little while in the works, especially considering we were supposed to record a week ago and I couldn't talk. <laughs> well, you couldn't talk at, at a volume louder was, than one. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't go up to 11. No, definitely not 11. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, thanks, Rachel, for <laughs> being willing to reschedule on this as a result. Oh, no problem. I have I used to work with kids, so I know when you have the ick, you have the ick. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, and it was really ick. And on my birthday, like, the worst of it was the exact 24-hour span of my birthday. It could not have been planned any better. It was awful. <laughs> it was really, really awful, so... Anyway, so yes, the topic, well, actually, I need to let you guys kind of, so so just like we did our little reverse um, bad thing a couple weeks ago with the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire, yes. where David did the um, the research, uh, and I got to be the, uh, the comic foil in the yes. background, as it were, I get to do that again, because David and Rachel did all the heavy lifting yes. this week. Yay. In, in all fairness, I really could have just done the research in my head. But I'm glad you didn't. I did not, because I like I wanted to be professional, have a narrative written out. Yes. And I know Rachel, I know Rachel is the same. I did some, some research with some numbers, and then I sat in front of the TV for a couple hours. So, there you, you go. Know, that's research, right? That yes. is perfect research. That, is, I, I that actually, counts. I actually sometimes am too lazy to like watch a documentary about something. I'm like, yeah, I'll just read about it. I don't feel like watching about it for some reason. Like, Because I, I can't... Anytime I watch something, I'm multitasking. But if it's for research, I can't multitask. No. So I'm like, oh, I can't watch something I have to pay attention to. No, that doesn't who wants, work. Who wants to do that? <laughs> My sister and I are joking that our next episode is going to be a mini about the death of Alexander Hamilton in a duel. Oh. So we have paid several hundred dollars to go see Hamilton twice so we're like this is the most expensive episode we've ever recorded (laughs) oh so you have seen Hamilton we have twice Twice. because it's in it's in Chicago so that was our we we went once because we bought tickets when they first came on sale and that was our birthday present to each other last year we just didn't exchange presents and bought tickets awesome was it as great as everybody says it is it was pretty fantastic yes awesome that's awesome but it is not as fantastic as our topic today. Okay. No, it is not. It is definitely not. <laughs> well, uh, why don't Suck you guys... it, Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> oh, wait, you already did that like 200 years ago. <laughs> so today, our topic is the destruction of the Death Star. Ooh. On May 25th, 1977, in a galaxy far, far <laughs> away, the Death Star was destroyed by the Rebel Alliance, Rebel Alliance, excuse me, otherwise known as the Rebel Scum, <laughs> resulting in the death of all estimated 1,206,293 personnel on board. That is the biggest death toll we've had yet. By far. 
It's a very big bad thing. Yes. yes. An epic bad thing. Yes. This is this is our most epic body count. Mm-hmm. And this was a real thing, people. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> We're completely serious right now. Yes. Yes. Well, as we know about Star Wars fans, if nothing else, they take the Star Wars universe very, very seriously. Might have gotten into a fight on Christmas morning with my brother-in-law because he hasn't seen Last Jedi and refuses because it's bad. And I'm like, no, let me tell you why you're wrong. He he hasn't seen it, so he doesn't know if it's bad or not. Uh, Yeah, no, he's like, no, it was totally bad. And he decided to diss Kylo Ren, and I'm currently wearing Kylo Ren on my t-shirt. So I really like Kylo Ren. (laughs) Nice. For the record, I am still kind of up in the air about The Last Jedi, but it certainly was not bad. That's what it was not. What did you think, Rachel? I really liked it. Um, Again, I really like Kylo Ren, so I liked that he got more character development, and I liked what Leia got to do. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I felt like it went in a different direction, then that can be a good thing when you have something running that long. Agreed. Absolutely. So, Rachel, tell us about the ill-fated Death Star. Okay, the Death Star, which is the common name for the DS-1 orbital battle station, was built by the Galactic Empire. It was about 100 miles across. Please don't ask me to put that in kilometers because it will not go well. It had 357 levels, many of which were just used for storage, and over 100 million kilotons of cargo capacity. Wow. That's a lot. That's huge. Wait, wait, 100 miles across? A hundred miles across. It was the size of a small moon. But it's not a moon. No. It's a space station. Yep. Oh, wow. There was about 1.2 million personnel on the Death Star, as David said. Most of them died there, but 26,000 of those were stormtroopers, while about 343,000 were Imperial Army and Navy. It was equipped. I didn't know that. With an MK1 super laser. Over 700 tractor beams, over 15,000 turbo laser batteries, Super Blaster 920 laser cannons, about 2,500 of those, and 2,500 ion cannons, all powered by Kerber crystals. What are Kerber crystals? Kyber Kyber crystals. What are Kyber crystals? I'm sorry. That's okay. I see. I wouldn't have known the difference. What are Kyber crystals? Well, there there are two things. Um, One, they power the Jedi's lightsabers. And two, if you get enough of the kyber crystals together, it will form this laser beam. But, so it's a physical crystal? Yes. What color? All sorts of colors. Oh. Red, green, purple. Mm -hmm. So that's why the the lightsabers are different colors? Yes. Ah. Every Jedi picks their own. Oh. The the, the Sith all go with kind of a universal color scheme. They're a little more coordinated. Well, because they're they're sheep. Well, and red is kind of badass. Well. With a laser sword. I would pick, I mean, I cliche, in a very cliche manner, I like pink, but I also like teal, very much aqua, like aqua. I would probably pick aqua. But aqua aqua would would make a very cool lightsaber. It totally would. I think. In episode nine, everybody, look for an aqua lightsaber. (laughs) <laughs> i just want the one that darth maul had where it's two-sided yes for like extra destructive action yeah, yeah it was it was one. more like a uh, it was more like a staff than it was uh yeah, yeah. Hmm. and there was that the one of uh 
Snoke's guards where he could snap it in half and have two swords. That would be cool, too. Yes. I want to make that happen. I want both of those things, actually. At the, I know. At the I same time. I just want time. them all. I keep... <laughs> I keep finding myself on the internet, and I'm like, no, you don't need a replica Kylo Ren lightsaber. You're an adult. I would argue that it's only adults who need a replica Kylo Ren lightsaber. Probably is. It would look cool if a bunch of adults went at it with each other with those things, too. So, digression that we can totally cut if you want to. But when I was in college, there was a... I I studied theater, and there was a theater um, event for May the 4th to oh. try and break some tension before finals week for May the 4th be with you. Right. And somebody set it up to have a lightsaber battle. And so in the basement of the theater building, which is where all the grad offices are, you just see somebody running through. And apparently the sound professor turns around and goes, David, why are you in the basement? And why do you have two different full lightsabers? And you just hear this grad student who was in his 30s with a son <laughs> yell, because I'm a grown up and I can. <laughs> Exactly. That's why all the theater kids had lightsabers. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. No, feel free to digress away. We are known for our inane banter, and we enjoy it very much. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, we do. I was going to say, I don't care if you cut out what I say, but I feel that that story needs a wider audience. Yes, <laughs> yes it Absolutely. does. It does. It's staying in. Yes. So, plans for a Death Star date back to even the ancient Sith, as well as the Sith in the days of the Old Republic. Uh, Count Dooku and others had plans to place the station in the orbit of Geonosis. Geonesis? Geonosis, the t- yeah. Geonosis, okay, I was right. Uh, during the time of the Clone Wars, which is less than a parasec from Tatooine, which is one of the few planets that other Rachel knows. So Yes, I do know Tatooine. What is a paras- parasec? Parsec. Parsec. What's a parasec? It's a measure of distance in space. How, how does I, it relate to kilometers? <laughs> I am not sure. As you can hear me typing. Damn you, kilometers. <laughs> and par, pars, parsling. Parsecs. 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 Uh, one, one parsec is the distance at which one astronomical unit subtends an angle of one arc sec. Okay. <laughs> is that like... Oh. Oh, I'm I'm more confused now, but all yes. I know is that that's how they measure the Kessel Run for Han Solo. They so. do, yes, they do. What's a, but, okay, what's, I'm, I'm going to yeah, stop just, just yeah. questioning everything I don't understand and just save it for a few. Just things. just go with it. Okay. We we already know that you know little to nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leave it to the professionals. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. That's why this is funny. <laughs> so this. This plan took shape under the Empire, but it took a lot longer to complete than it was expected, as every bureaucracy's construction project will ever find. And it was decided to move to Scarif during the final construction stages. So, scrolling. It's okay. Uh, The Death Star was still in the early stages of building when the Empire took over after the fall of the Republic. Um, There was a think tank named as the Tarkin Initiative, which... The project became known as Tarkin's Folly. Ah. Mm, okay. Which, much like, uh, what was it, Alaska used to be Stewart's Folly. So apparently this hmm. is a government thing. You just okay. name it after whoever's stupid idea it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, um, this, this is dumbass's idea. We'll, we'll just co- name it after him. Yep. I work in government, and I can definitely say that I've named things like that before. <laughs> Plenty of follies. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm like, or there will be an email, and we know IT can read our emails, and it's still, this is the dumbest idea, and if <laughs> IT is reading this. <laughs> so, 
command over the station was hotly sought between Tarkin and Kranich. Kranich. I can't talk today. Sorry. That's okay. Um, he put his friend Galen Urso onto the project to work on developing this crystal power. And I know. This move- oh, I'm sorry. I know who that is. That is, um, that is the girl in Rogue One's dad. Yes. yes. yes and is. her name was, uh, Jin. 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 Yes. yes. <laughs> sorry, David helped me out by pointing to it in his it's, notes. So I it's forgot her okay. Name. I was like, not Ray, I, not Ray. The other one, the other white British girl. Yes. I was watching Rogue One the other day, and it's really funny because my cat's name is Virginia, but we call her Jin. Oh. But, so every time somebody on the screen yells for Jin, my cat looks like, what? What do you want? And there's a lot of yelling for Jin in that yes. movie. Oh, yeah. It's not as bad as Titanic, though. If you ever want to have fun, watch Titanic and see how many times Leo yells Rose. Literally. <laughs> entire movie. Good shot, mom and I have, shot drinking game. My mom and I have thought about turning this into a drinking game. But yeah. We both yeah. Like our livers. absolutely so this move under against urso's objections would hopefully lead to krennic being promoted and given command of the death star so it's kind of a power struggle like most bureaucracies Hmm. which is really what the empire was it was a big you know crazy thing but basically it's just government bureaucracy yes so he began mining other planets for materials without the Emperor's permission, which Tarkin used against him as this sign of ambition and blames him for the construction delays because pass the buck whenever you can. Uh-huh. But basically the idea of ambition against uh, the Emperor is not a good thing because obviously like most Sith, the Emperor worries about being killed by an underling. It's kind of uh-huh. the way of things. So, however, with the first test firing, Krennic was promoted to commander, but Galen Erso escapes with his family to hide from the Empire. So that leads to uh, Krennic's demotion, and Tarkin was given control of the project. Is is Krennic... Krennic? 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 Krennic. Krennic. Is that um, Ben Mendelsohn? Yes. Okay. The guy from Bloodline. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She might not have seen Bloodline, so... That's fine. I'm not, but I know. I, I, w- I was keeping track of them the other day by the color of their uniforms. I know yes. that Galen Erso is the guy that was Le Chief in the first Daniel Craig James Bond movie. Wasn't he also the guy who played Hannibal in the TV series Hannibal? He was, but I've never seen that. I just okay. know him as... I, I think I punched my brother in the arm in the movie theater for something and went that's the dude from casino royale (laughs) it's okay i punched him during the new pirates of the caribbean movie too i'm like dude it's silva (laughs) that's who havar bordem is to us it's the guy from that's all the movies my brother and i see together are either star wars or james bond Uh, gotcha gotcha javier bordem will always be um anton sugar to me yeah no country for old men I haven't seen that one. Oh, my God. I I really think it's... uh, He's such a good actor. Yes. He easily, I think, hand... You know... Yeah, easily, hands away, wins the creepiest acting performance of all time. really creepy, which kind of... (laughs) I was was moderately disappointed in, because I found him kind of hot for a while, and then I saw No Country for Old Men, and I'm like, okay, you're not hot anymore, sorry. He he played that role a little little too well. Yeah. (laughs) He was really good in The Fifth Pirates, which was a little weird for a Pirates movie, but I thought he did a very good job. Okay. Mm. But 
Anyway. <laughs> Anywho. Do we have so, another like topic we... of conversation going on here? <laughs> yes, Javier Bardem. Ah, yes. <laughs> this is our Javier Bardem pod- podcast. <laughs> I'm I'm sure there if you can find it, it's probably on the internet somewhere, you know. Yes, yes. probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh Galen Arso, however, did escape with his family, and this was demoted. Tarkin was given control of the projects, like I said. They always say that I go off on tangents and then never loop back. Ah, so this there is you where go. we were. Let's start again. Thank you. So almost twenty years after the inception of the Death Star project, uh the project was moved, finished, and was officially named the Death Star. However, it was still considered secret and classified as a military base. Mm. And so this is the point where Tarkin was finally told that it was now powerful enough to destroy a full planet instead of just the cities it had been tested on. So it was originally just supposed to, like, target little, like, like you said, like, cities as opposed to, like... They, they planned it as a planet destroyer, but they had oh. only tested it on oh. various cities. They had gotcha. never tried it on a full planet yet. Like, like in Rogue One, didn't they test it... Twice. Twice? Oh, well, I know they tested yes. it on Forest Whitaker's city. Yeah, that was the first time. Yes. And then at okay, the end of the movie. Just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert at yes. the end of the movie. Yes. Spoiler alert. That's been over a year. It's been yeah, on Netflix I was going to say, I, I have a six-month rule on spoilers. Yeah. There you go. That's a good Plus, one. if you're listening to a Star Wars episode on any type of podcast, you should already know going in that there's going to be spoilers and maybe things you don't know about. Yeah. Fair enough. So again, the I, the Death Star. This is the original, but these ideas would be again used in the second Death Star and Star Killer Base. So it was all the same idea. Yes. Sure. And that's what I have. Oh, ah, no, that's, that's excellent. That's excellent. No, I, excellent. I've got a lot of that as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on some of the things you already talked about, just to see it from the the Rebel perspective. Um, so that is totally fine. I'm just sitting here drinking my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> We're just here uh, drinking our beer. Yes, absolutely. I am drinking I have a, a beer, but, but I might fall asleep on you. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the coffee, huh? <laughs> okay. Now, as Rachel mentioned before, the Death Star was basically about the size of a small moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when the Alliance to Restore the Republic learned of its existence... Operatives Jim Jin Urso and Jim Urso. Jim Urso. <laughs> that sounds like a um, a sports our sportscaster Jim Urso. Jim Urso. <laughs> sounds like a former quarterback. Former sounds quarterback. like it'd be a be a character on The Office. Yes. Yeah. Jim Urso. Jim Urso. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, operatives Jin Urso and Cassian Andor, along with a small group of rebel soldiers, led a small assault. Now this is all unbeknownst to. Um, the Alliance leadership, for the most part, and completely taken by surprise by the Emperor. No, just stupid question. Well, no, no. Uh, Alliance equals rebel? Yes. Okay, that's yes. all. That's all. No, that's fine. <laughs> um, so, as Rachel had mentioned before, these plans are on the planet Scarif. And the plans are, as they find out, are known as Project Death Star. Or, I'm sorry, Project Stardust. Now, that's how they figure out... The file and how is to get Scarif it. Is Scarif the place that they had to penetrate the shields to get into at the end of Rogue One? Yes. Yep. Yes. Where at they the had that big four, battle. Like a 45 minute scene at the end. Yes. Of Rogue the big One. battle at yes. the end okay. all takes place on Scarif. On Scarif. And at, mm-hmm. at the time, I believe the Death Star was in the orbit of that planet. It, it would was. later be able to move a little better. Yes, mm-hmm. it was headed there. Yeah. Um, the reason that they wanted these uh, plans for the Death Star was to find a weakness. Obviously, in an attempt to destroy it. Right. The plans were recovered from Scarif by operatives Jyn Erso and Cassian Andor, and they were beamed to Princess Leia Organa's 
consulate ship. Right, that's, which, that's which, the end of Rogue One, right? Yes, and the beginning of like, A New Hope. Oh, right. Princess Leia is, in fact, like my feminist hero, so. Yeah, yes. she is really awesome. Yes. So awesome. It'll be, um, spoiler alert, interesting to see what they do for the third movie yes. of yeah. this trilogy, you know? Because I read that they were not going to CGI her. I, I, all I can assume is that she might die off screen mm-hmm. or if they have, if they have like, um, cutting room floor footage oh, from yeah. Last Jedi, Something they like might that. have it, they might have it where it starts her story and then it ends oh. and goes on. Mm-hmm. Massive spoiler I'm, alert for that one. We should probably... I said spoiler alert. Oh, okay. We Maybe. didn't, no, we didn't say anything that's a spoiler other than true. she lives. So we didn't say who dies. That is true. Or it's if Jar Jar. dies. It's, it's Jar Jar. It, it should be Jar Jar. <laughs> so I've never seen the middle three movies, which I know are really the first three movies, whatever. The ones that were made in the 90s. Um, I've never seen any of them. No, I'm missing much. But even I know that Jar Jar Binks is like one of the most hated characters in all of the he galaxy. My... Film history, probably. <laughs> He is my second most hated character. Oh, who's your first? <laughs> now I have to know. C-3PO. Oh. Because C-3PO is annoying in all of the movies, <laughs> not just three of them. True, but that is kind of his character. He has a, <laughs> he has a humor to him as well. If you had to pick a favorite character, who would you pick? Is it Kylo? It's either Kylo Ren or Leia. Mm. That's what, when, when I gave my mother my Christmas list, she's like, even stuff like what characters you like on stuff now, because my mom knows I'm a child and I carry a Wonder <laughs> Woman purse. So I'm like, um, if it has Wonder Woman, a penguin or Kylo Ren or Leia on it. So I've already asked for my birthday for the pop figuring of Leia on her. Oh, right. okay. Nice. Nice. <laughs> All right. Now, Who as is I your am... favorite, David? Uh, Yoda. By Yoda. Yes. Yes. Yoda's pretty cool. There's a Yoda wearing a Santa hat that sits on my parents' front lawn for the entire Christmas <laughs> season because my dad thought it was funny. So. Yes, that is. is awesome. I've got to get one myself. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I would, I would be okay with that. We we did not decorate it all for Christmas this year, but I would be behind a Yoda and a Santa hat. Yeah, be we'll, pretty we'll do cool. that next year for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, now the plans were success, successfully. That is always a hard word to say. Successfully. God bless you, United. God bless you, United. Use your Sean Connery voice. Successfully. They were successfully beamed to Princess Leia's ship, as I had mentioned before. Unfortunately, all the rebels who led the assault on Scarif perished from the fight and from a subsequent attack from the Death Star itself. That was, I have to say, that the end of Rogue One, like, I thought. There was such like a a nobility to that movie that I really liked, like the honor. I really, of... I I watched it again. I hadn't seen it since I saw it in theaters mm. last Christmas with my family, and my at the time thirteen going on fourteen year old stepson held my hand for the last twenty minutes. Oh. It started to freak him out. Oh. And he just grabbed my hand, like because he realized it was getting crazy uh-huh but i watched it again and not to get political but i've spent a lot of the last 10 months organizing protests mm-hmm. and writing representatives so the idea Good. of a we, rebellion we've, we've taken place in a couple yeah <laughs> yep here, here. 
you guys are with me. I figured that's why it was yeah. okay to say. But yes. the new idea of the rebellion built on hope yes. really spoke to me. And I've watched that movie like twice over the past week because it spoke to me so much. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and that's true. It did kind of, cu- it came out in December of 2016, which was in America, obviously, like a really scary time for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And not that things are really less scary. It's just that we've gotten used to it a lot more, I guess. Yeah. You know, which or, makes you yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. I was telling somebody in uh, at Christmas, I said, you know, technically, if you look at it, Star Wars is the story of a young boy whose family is killed, an ancient religion radicalizes him, and then he goes and kills a bunch of people. <laughs> if you look That's at true. it that way, the only problem is America always wants to look at it where we're the rebels, when actually we're probably a little closer to the Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could, uh, yeah. it depends, it completely depends on your point of view. Yeah. Or, or as Obi-Wan says in Return of the Jedi, so what I told you was true from a certain point of view. Uh-huh. Yeah. When he tells, well, whatever. <laughs> He originally told See, Luke that Darth Vader killed his father, not that Darth Vader oh, was his but father. But he knew the truth? Yes. Mm. Um, but in actuality, George Lucas hadn't decided that yet when yeah. the first movie oh. was Because he's kind of an idiot. Well, no, he's not an idiot, obviously. He just sold it his empire for $4 billion. So <laughs> You mean his alliance. <laughs> either That's way. my thing. And somebody's like, wait. Disney just bought Fox too. I'm like, I welcome our new Mouse Overlord. Yes. <laughs> our Mouse Vader. Mouse Vader. In the uh, in the aftermath of the assault on Scarif, Princess Leia was captured by Darth Vader when a star destroyer he was star destroyer he was commanding used its tractor beam to catch her ship. She did, however, hide the plans in a droid known as R2-D2, and he, along with another droid known as C-3PO, boarded an escape pod and were launched onto the nearby planet Tatooine. Oh, I know Tatooine! You know that planet. It's, it's, yeah. So when I, because somebody said to watch Rogue One and then A New Hope, and so I watched the Mm -hmm. first part of A New Hope after I finished Rogue One. Princess Leia has some balls. Yes, she does. Mm-hmm. No, we're on a diplomatic mission, and yeah. debater's like, I just saw you yeah. fighting on top of a planet. We've been doing this for a while. What are you talking it, about? It also explains why your first impression of Darth Vader is like, wow, this guy is pissed off all the time. Hmm. Because he's really, he's pretty feisty at the beginning of Star Wars, because hmm. he knows what just happened, and uh, he knows that she knows. And yep. so... So, I kind of liked, that's one thing I like about the newer trilogy, too. Sorry to break in again. No, you but, okay. uh, the, I, I feel like you can see the prequel trilogy did it a little bit, but you can see, like, there's a human side to every villain, which is something mm. I kind of like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tried to do that with the prequels, however, unsu- way unsuccessfully. They're definitely doing it very well with Kylo Ren. Yes. I mean, like... I like some of the prequels. I can stand parts of Attack of the Clones, and I really like yeah. Revenge of the Sith. But Revenge Phantom of the Sith, I can, I can get through. Um, mainly for that final scene, that final battle. Yes. the uh, gorgeously the, shot scene. The Obi-Wan um, Anakin fight lived up to the hype. It really did. Um, however, ha- having seen that movie probably about ten times, I realize now that a lot of other parts of it were pretty terrible. But, but anyway... <laughs> There, there was parts that were, but also, just the, the, I don't know. The chemistry between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen, there was none. Like, <laughs> the, those were, like, the dialogue in some of those scenes is, like, some of the most awful, cheesy dialogue. Well, doesn't he kill her or something anyway, or choke Not her or something? Or? Exactly. She 
loses the will to live, yes. but being force choked while nine months pregnant can't have helped. No. Well, yeah. And people say that the emperor drained her life force to build Vader and all this stuff. But okay, so I have a confession, which is why I might like the prequels, which is I am an entirely straight woman who has a ginormous crush on Natalie Portman. Ah, girl crush. <laughs> I'm an entirely Every straight man who has the same crush. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. my thing. I'm like, mm, it might have been that I watched Black Swan too young. Oh. Like, you know. yeah. That was a pretty mm-hmm. crazy movie. My, do it. my girl crush is Michelle Obama. Yes, it is. I mean, she, those arms. <laughs> She's amazing. She is absolutely amazing. Well, I w- thank you for making my girl crush more normalized because people are like, wait, you, you don't like girls? I'm like, no, literally just Natalie Portman. That's, that's kind of ridiculous that like, like that it's somehow uh, like, yeah, girls have girl crushes. Guys have guy crushes. It doesn't mean you want to like bone them or anything necessarily. It's just like they're super cool and you want to hang with them and be besties and like besties like i don't know i'm trying so hard to just completely stay out of this conversation so we're gonna (laughs) as a straight man you probably should (laughs) so so we're gonna we're gonna come back (laughs) gonna circle back around circle back To uh, our topic, which I believe is the destruction of the Death Star. Gotcha. But for I was any just, for anybody who is still listening, I was just trying to annoy the person who said we we have a name banter. That's all. Okay. Okay. I think he probably stopped listening I by now. Probably. Hopefully. <laughs> Don't worry. There's somebody that still hate listening to my show because they keep commenting on their bad iTunes review, and I'm like. Stop listening. Just, just don't it's listen. Okay. Yeah. Like clearly, you get something out of it if you keep listening. Like that's ridiculous. But yeah, we I'm go- not even committed enough to hate listen. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, we we finally like because this is just us in our bedroom recording. But we we got a couple of like two and three star reviews, and it's like about that we're. Uh, we goes off topic and banter and namely and I'm like yeah that's because we're a married couple who's doing this for fun we like to talk sorry we're not NPR <laughs> but not really because we don't have the funding of an NPR so like I'm like who who complains about a free podcast with no ads I'm like dicks do so anyway I'll cut that out <laughs> circling back Circling around. Um, now, as I um, as I was just saying, R two and D R two and D two R two and D two R two and D two <laughs> and C three PO, um, they get in on, on an escape pod and they are launched onto the nearby planet of Tatooine, which now you is, know is that the the uh, sand? Okay. okay. I will probably get to whatever you're just going to ask me. I was just asking if it's the desert <laughs> it, planet. It is the sand it's, planet. Yes. Okay. It's the desert one with the two suns. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, now, who is on the planet Tatooine? Um, Aunt, Aunt Jane no, and Uncle not. Billy or whoever no. they Uncle are. Uncle Billy might be. I don't know about... yelling for Luke. I don't know about Aunt Jane. <laughs> <laughs> what were their names? Uh, they, Uncle uh, Owen and Aunt Beru. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Tatooine was the home planet of farmhand Luke Skywalker. It was also where Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi was hiding out after the fall of the Jedi during the Galactic Civil War. I mean, Jedi Master and Sass Master. Yes. (laughs) Sass Master. (laughs) And not aware of droids that he had seen in his previous life and knew who exactly they were. 
as we found out in the prequels. But anyway, that's a sidebar. I won't even ask. <laughs> I mean, he's getting kind of old. It might he be is. a little bit of That's true. He, he might be a little senile at, at that age. Isn't he kind of dead at this point now? He's, he's, almost, he's almost dead, yeah. Um, he's only mostly dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> After the death of Luke's aunt and uncle, um, Uncle Owen and Aunt B- it Baru. It started to be Baru, Baru. Aunt, aunt Billy. Aunt Billy. <laughs> you know, spelt with an I-E. <laughs> with a little um, part of the I. At the hands of stormtroopers. Now, the reason the stormtroopers wind up at his place is because his aunt and uncle, his uncle actually purchased the droids, not knowing that they had... Oh. Not knowing that they had the plans for the, the Death, Death Star, Star inside of them. Right. This is the Help Me Obi-Wan projection yes. of R2 and D2. Yes. <laughs> um, so, Luke's aunt and uncle are killed. He has already had the discussion with Obi-Wan about his lineage and that he is a potential... Force user himself. He could be a potential Jedi. Okay. Uh, the original reason he's not going to go with Obi-Wan is because he's got to get back to farming. Well, but he, like, he was lost for a really long time and they yes. couldn't find him and now all of a sudden he has to go back all, to farming? All he wanted to do was go to Tahaji Station and pick up some power converters. And now this old guy is telling him he's going to be a Jedi. <sighs> so he goes, so he goes with him to the planet Alderaan in order to meet with the Rebel Alliance, because that is where Princess Leia is headed, with the Death Star plans, initially. What do you think, you know, the, um, I don't remember what it is, but the little, the little rhyme or memory device to remember all the planets in our solar system, you know, uh, whatever. My very excellent yes. mother just mm. bought us nine pizzas. Yes. That's what it is, yes. So. Or just. All I remember just, is my very eager mother. <clears throat> Anyway. Okay. Well, but do you think they have one of those devices for the Star Wars galaxy? Because no. there's like a trillion There, there are planets. so many plants. It would be a word like in German with 27 plants. <laughs> yes, yes, it would. Be or, in Greek. or in Greek. And, yeah. and nowadays with uh, you can't have the pizzas at the end because Pluto is oh, not. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which is a big problem because the city I was born in that lives like a uh, 20 minutes from where my parents live now is the home of Clyde Tombaugh, who discovered Pluto. Oh, interesting. I passed a Pluto memorial on my way home today because that's <laughs> the only claim to fame the city has. Aww. They have Pluto Fest every year. And they, so literally they, people are like, it's still it a away. planet to us. It's still a planet to us, damn it. That's how I learned it. It lives on in our hearts and our souls. Yes. Rest <laughs> never, in peace, never, Pluto. Never forget. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now Luke is traveling with Obi-Wan and a couple of other counterparts, as we will learn. They need to go to the planet Alderaan, which I was saying before. It is Leia's home planet as well as being uh, the home base of the Rebel Alliance. Is that where Jabba the Hutt is? No, he is not. Jabba the Hutt lives on Tatooine. (laughs) Yes, he does. He also lives on Tatooine. Um, So, Luke and Obi-Wan recruit Han Solo... At this time, known as one of the biggest smugglers in the galaxy. I thought he was a, a bounty hunter. No. No, no, that's, that's, uh, Bar, Bar, um, no. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, Bar, Bar, is Barb Fett. It's Baybar, it's Baybar from the books, the elephant. <laughs> so Han Solo, along with first mate Chewbacca, board the Millennium Falcon in order to make the trip with as little detection by the Empire as possible, which is also a reason why they, they got Solo to do this, because he's good at, you know... Flying under the radar. Yes, he is. Uh-huh. 
Thinking they are about to arrive on Alderaan, the Millennium Falcon comes out of light speed, only to find chunks of planetary rocks floating in the atmosphere. Unbeknownst to the crew, but not necessarily to Obi-Wan, the planet was destroyed by the Death Star and a show of its immense power and a reminder to the Rebels not to bite the hand that feeds them. Because at this point... Alderaan was destroyed? Yes. Because at this point, there is still a bit of a tether between the Rebels and the Empire. There is still some of a governmental structure between the two of them at this point. but But not for very long. Not once this happens. So... Oh, never mind. I was going to make a modern political analogy, but I should probably just not. Yeah. I, I think everybody can look into that. Their yes, own way. read into it what you would. <laughs> <laughs> soon after the crew, come, soon after this, um, coming, coming across Alderaan, which is no more, uh, they then come across the actual Death Star, which they originally believed to be a small moon, and they are pulled into the space station by the tractor beam. The crew hide themselves inside the Millennium Falcon, and in order to escape, Solo and Skywalker pose as stormtroopers, allowing the group to make their way to a hiding place within the Death Star. After Kenobi left the group to shut down the station's tractor beam, R2-D2 discovers that Princess Leia is being imprisoned and, set for t- and is set for termination at the Death Star. Now, this is where Jabba Hutt has her. No. No, that's like two movies later. Yeah. <laughs> well, who... Who, which movie are we talking about where We are talking about the happens. very first movie so we never that ever happened. No. A New Hope, okay. No. Well, I will stop guessing that. <laughs> I will stop just yelling Jabba the Hutt at everything. <laughs> and, Bo- and Barb Fett. Although, Barb Barb bar Fett. Um, the, uh, the scene of uh, Jabba the Hutt, just to close out this little, like, rant that I keep doing. Jabba the Hutt. Plug. Is that, um... It is that uh, when I was little, I remember seeing the original Star Wars movies, but the only thing I really remember is the scene with Jabba the Hutt and Princess Leia in the gold bikini. Yes. It's a very famous or infamous scene, depending on your point of view. If anybody ever needs to know this, they make lingerie that looks like Princess Leia's bikini. Oh. (laughs) Not that I've ever looked that up or anything. (laughs) I know what I'm going to look for on Amazon. (laughs) Anywho. (laughs) You'll look lovely in it. (laughs) Yes, I will. And you'll be jealous because I won't give them to you. (laughs) So Obi-Wan Kenobi leaves the group because he has to shut down the station's tractor beam. That's the only way that they're going to get... What is a tractor beam? I will get into that, actually. I'm like picturing a tractor with headlights. That is not what it is. Uh, (laughs) So the group, after realizing that Princess Leia is at the Death Star and sentenced to death, they rescue the princess... They fight their way back to the Millennium Falcon to escape, while Obi-Wan actually has successfully disabled the tractor beam. Obi-Wan would sacrifice himself only moments later in a duel with Darth Vader, who was also his former apprentice. So when he was Anakin? Yes. Yes, correct. Ha! <laughs> Look at that. That's, it's the first thing you've gotten correct. <laughs> Way to go. Thank you. <laughs> Brownie points for today earned. <laughs> He mainly does this to give the group a chance to escape, but the other reason he does this is to finally face his former pupil and basically sacrifice himself. He, he goes into this battle knowing he's going to die. So this is sort of a parallel to what happens in The Last Jedi. Spoiler, spoiler, right? A little bit. A little bit. A little bit? A little bit. 
Because um, Obi-Wan knows that he will achieve eternal consciousness even after he does die. Well, so so did... he kind of goes into it. He okay. kind of goes into it knowing that he's going to die. Rachel, and... you can't see this, but I'm getting a lot of like, hold on, yes. hand motions here. <laughs> <laughs> like, please stop jumping in at the end of every sentence. <laughs> now you know how I feel. <laughs> I don't think I do. <laughs> uh um, so he would achieve this eternal consciousness, consciousness after his death and would later become a key player in the assault on the Death Star, which we'll find out. Obi-Wan. Yes. Okay. Um, the, the Millennium Falcon was able to flee the space station and make his journey to Yavin 4, which was itself a small moon That's of the planet. planet. Yes, it is. It is a small moon on the planet Yavin. <laughs> and it is also the location of, of another rebel headquarters. So they just destroyed Alderaan. Which was the main home base for the rebel. And now they're in Yavin. For the rebel scum. Now they're on y- Yavin 4, which is a small moon where they also have a base. Yavin with a B or a V? V. V is in Yavin. Victor. Which should be noted when they destroyed Alderaan, they destroyed Leia's entire adoptive family as yes, well. Yes, they did. Yep. Who is her adoptive family? That's a whole different okay. thing that we don't even need to get into. <clears throat> All right. the, 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 the king and queen of Alderaan were the ones who yes. raised her. Uh, who Jimmy Smith? That's why she's a princess. Who okay. Jimmy Smith plays in the prequels? Okay, and and he made a an appearance in Rogue One. Yes, yes, he was in there for Which like a th- scene. There was there was that little moment where he says he's returning to Alderaan, and I'm like, it's no, like, it's like, uh oh, oh, <laughs> it better not. Oh, okay. So the Millennium Falcon makes this escape from the Death Star, goes back to the Rebel headquarters. But what do you think Darth Vader was up to? No good. He put a tracking device on the Millennium Falcon so he knew exactly where they were going. Is this where Han Solo gets frozen? No. No, that's the next book. <laughs> <laughs> You're like one for 20 so far tonight. Okay. You know what? That's still a 5% average. She's I'm, doing great. I'm doing so good. Right now my head is crammed full of tax code. I can't be remembering all of this yeah. ridiculousness about Millennium Falcons and Alderons and Tatooines. This is more important than the tax code, let's be honest. Um, however, what also came back with the l- l- yeah, Millennium Falcon. <laughs> God, that is, that's a hard word to say, too. <laughs> There's a lot of hard words Millenni- to say tonight. Millennium Consciousness Falcon... Successful. <laughs> um, R2-D2, which was the droid that was carrying the plans for the Death Star, right. also made it back to Yavin 4, and they did discover a weakness in the Death Star. Now, how did that weakness get there? Poor planning? No, actually, no, very, actually, very actually good from planning. specific planning. Oh, oh, oh from, from Goran Valsnik, the guy, Jin Galen Urso's dad. Yes. Who was the main engineer of yes. the of the he, Death that's Star? That's right. He purposely put it in there yes. because he wanted to help them because it looked sort of like he was going along with the Empire, but he but wanted he was sabotaging to, he was them. Sabotaging them in the meantime. Sabotage. So Galen Erso intentionally placed a weakness in the Death Star, unbeknownst to the Empire. Hmm. There was a small thermal exhaust port leading to the main reactor, which, if fired upon successfully, would cause a chain reaction and destroy the entire space station. Now explain that like I'm five. Okay. The thermal exhaust port, however, was only two meters wide. So it's basically like a hole in the side of the Death Star at the end of a trench. Okay. Small hole. That leads to the main reactor, which is what powers everything on the Death Star. The engine. Yeah, pretty much. 
Okay, the Death Star being a massive space station had a weapon, had obviously a very sophisticated weapon system, as Rachel went into before. Mm-hmm. However, that weapon system was built for a large scale attack. What the rebel scum were going to do is use small ships. Tiny attack. Yes. And because the big cannons on the Death Star either couldn't see them because they were so small or their weapons were ineffective because they, they fired very slowly at large targets. Oh, okay. So they couldn't, like, home in on little tiny things. Not really. Not very successfully. It's, it's like a, I used to take martial arts, and one of the things, mm. if you have to fight somebody's bigger than you, mm-hmm. if you get really close to them really fast, it's something where they, they don't have enough time to get power behind their swing oh. when they can't focus closer to you. So you mm-hmm. have the advantage at a close range. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. So that, that principle. Yes. So do the opposite of what you would feel like doing, which is keep oh, your yeah. distance. Yeah. You need to get right in their face. Take, it was take my the, dad uh, used to take martial arts with me, and my dad is six foot six with long mm. arms. Oh, my God. Wow. So, you know, 14-year-old me, I can't get out of his reach, but I can get in where he can't spar with me ah. because I'm too close. You can get inside of his reach. Ah. Yes. Very clever. But by using these small one-man fighters, the rebels would slip through the Death, Death Star's main defenses maneuver down a narrow trench that leads to the exhaust port, and insert a proton torpedo through the exhaust port itself. So when, so when you were showing, like, with your hands It is at hole, the end of a trench. It's not that big, though. No, it's, two, it's, two, it's only two meters wide, so it's six, six feet, feet wide. So they were tiny planes. Well, they were, they were tiny ships compared to the Death Star. But They're not going wide. inside the hole. Oh. They're shooting a missile inside the hole. Oh. Or a proton torpedo. Oh, sorry. But again, the hole is so small, they're flying in there at very fast speed. It's got to be a deadly accurate shot. So it's not... Deadly a, accurate. Not a, very, not a very easy shot to get off. However, though, Luke used to be able to shoot down womp rats in his fighter back home. <laughs> So the reason that I never want to hear anything about Ray picking up the force so easily in the last couple is because five minutes ago, Luke was a moisture farmer and now he's an Imperial or uh, a rebel pilot. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Well, so he, had al- he had always been a pilot. He'd been a pilot for a while. Well, yeah, but I think that it's a little different technology on, you know. Oh, on Tatooine. Yes. Yeah. But that's just my thing. When people you know, worry about people picking up stuff too fast. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, it's it's really a fantasy movie. <laughs> fun, right. fun facts from the first movie uh, regarding Luke's flying skills. He was supposed to go to the Empire's Flying Academy, which is which we find out in a cutscene years later. Who, like his Aunt, aunt Millie was, was going to send him there? No, he was going to be old enough to go, and that's the oh. Academy he was going to join. It's just, he... it's just a small side note. Okay. It doesn't need to be. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to drink my beer, though. Yes. Um, so now the Death Star knows that the base that they need to attack is on Yavin 4. So the Death Star, because it can move around in space, um, starts approaching. Does the Death... So it's like the size of a moon or a small moon. Does mm-hmm. the Death Star orbit? Or can, is it a self-navigating ship? It navigates on its own. Can. Right? Orbit, but it can also move. Yeah. Okay. So it and has. It can def. Yeah, because it can focus on things, but I mean, there has to be a limited range to that, so it has to be able to move. But it probably, if if they're just letting it sit, it's sitting in orbit. Yeah. Okay. Probably consumes less fuel that way. Yeah, oh. and probably moves fairly slowly. I would imagine. I wouldn't imagine that it had light speed capability, but. Huh. Who, who knows? Hmm. 
I mean, think of how strapped in everybody has to be in on a ship when right? they like jump to light speed. Just <laughs> every stormtrooper just got knocked off their feet. Uh, with the Death Star approaching, a total of 30 ships were dispatched by the rebels to carry the attack plan. Now, again, the attack plan is to fire a proton torpedo down this little port that is only two meters wide. Eight Y-Wings from Gold Squadron, these are the ships, and 22 X-Wings from Red Squadron, including Luke Skywalker, who was piloting piloting Red 5, performed an initially successful attack as the Death Star's weapon systems could not successfully track the small fighters, and again, they were built for more of a large-scale attack. Are these the guys who are wearing the cool aviators? Glasses? Sunglasses? Well, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. Because they're. These are the guys in the orange jumpsuits that that fly. Yes. They look like escaped convicts from the 70s. They (laughs) do. It's an interesting uh, costume choice. So Darth Darth Vader realizes that this fight isn't exactly going out the way it should, Mm -hmm. so he dispatches Imperial TIE fighters. Now, TIE. Is an acronym T I E. Yes, I know that, but it I don't means, know what it's for. Means twin ion engines. Is that they? These are the ones like with the little ball in the middle and the yeah. two panels on the side. Yep. They kind of look like I think always think of like when you have like those wrapped truffles where it's the ball in the middle and the, a little the bit. Ah. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. a li- definitely a little bit like yeah. that. Yeah. My cat used to have one, at, and when Petco has a, a Star Wars line. My cat has a TIE fighter he chases around. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So Darth Vader dispatches the TIE fighters, and the main thing about these TIE fighters is they are superior spacecraft to what the Rebel have. They're a lot faster, okay. a lot leaner, they're more easily man- maneuverable. So there you go, to take out, they're going to take out the Rebel ships pretty much one by one. Oh, okay. Which will be faster and far more efficient than allowing the the space station's laser cannons to do so. Because they're not built for they're not built as small. No, they are again built for a large scale attack. There were three separate trench runs in the attack on the Death Star. The first was led by a trio of Y wing ships from the Gold Squadron, which would all be shot down by Vader himself, who again was piloting his personal Tie Advanced One X spaceship. Was it a different color than the others? It was not, but it had a little bit of a difference. It had two balls in the middle instead of just one. Oh. Because if you remember, if you, if you, well, you haven't seen the prequels, uh, Vader, as Anakin, used to be a very skilled pilot as well. Yes. Oh. Yes, very much so. So it's that. One of the best, one of the best fighters in the fleet, they called him at, at one point. So at one he got point two balls. He did. Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and they they were disproportionate to each other, oh. but they were two balls nonetheless. I hear that that's normal <laughs> and should not be mocked. It can be. I was going to say, okay, I'm not even going to say Nope. Oh, <laughs> nope, not today. <laughs> so the first trench run, which is, these are all designed to explode the Death Star. Darth Vader takes out every fighter himself. A second trench run was performed by a trio of X-Wing fighters this time from Red Squadron, led by Garvin Drace. Drace was able to to fire off a proton proton torpedo, but he missed the mark. Well, that doesn't do much. Again, remember the target he was shooting at is only two meters wide. He's flying in a spaceship at a very high speed to get away from the TIE fighters that are chasing him, so you have to be deadly accurate to get the shot off. Yes. And if you've ever tried to shoot a rifle or anything while moving, it's not as easy as it looks. I've only done it once trying to stand still with a shotgun, and it's still very hard to hit something. 
I uh, used to paintball. So oh, trying, yeah. trying to lay down fire while you're also running as yeah. fast mm-hmm. as you can is not yeah. an easy task. It's not, it's not as easy as it looks in the yeah. movies. Oh, no, that was my, my brother swaggered in, and he's like, this is going to be great. And then, you know, six shots across his chest yeah. later, and he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't look so good. And he's like, and he's like oh, that kind of stinged, and this is gonna, these are going to be sore later. So he would s- subsequently also be shot down by Vader as well, but not before clearing the way for another attack run. So, um, so, Gar- so Garvin Drees okay. also, he makes a successful trench run, but his proton torpedo misses the mark. So the, does that's he the, die? He does. He's in, in the attempt to fire the torpedo. After he fires it, he, okay. th- he does get killed. Okay. Yes. But what that did was it cleared the, the, the way for another run okay. to be made. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, another sacrifice. There's a lot of sacrificial. There's a lot of death in the uh, yeah. in the Star Wars movies. Yeah, for uh, movies that are kind of supposedly kids movies. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot yeah. of yeah, and especially in this last one. Yeah, I, the last that Jedi had, was really violent. That had to have had the highest death toll of it probably any also, movie. To me, less than the violence was it's just that in Rogue One. And a bit of Force Awakens have a much different tone. They're yeah. much darker. Yeah. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're, we're in darker times. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, different generation, different sort of... Again, depending on your point of view. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> so the third and ultimately final trench run would be led by Luke Skywalker. 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 <laughs> Luke Skywalker. There's all sorts of new characters tonight. <laughs> Wait, um... Luke Skywalker? We only talked about Gavin's run. Garvin's run. We just talked about, yeah. He's that dead That was the now. first one. That was the second one. That was, the, was the second one. one. The, fir- the first, the first one, was... one was all of Gold Squadron. Yes. Sorry, David. That's okay. No. Okay. I must have just not been listening. I'm sorry. You not paying attention? Oh, never, never. I don't believe it. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm probably going to have to edit out some of the noises before I send this over to you because I started playing with something on my desk. And you're like, oh, oh that's fine. Just, you're like, oh, I'm recording. Oh, oh, well. Yeah. There's a reason I have a fidget spinner. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yes. No, we're having um, background noises of the cat clawing. I'm trying to you get, know, trying to get in the room because they, they just can't. They just he's on can't the inside. Without you can. Oh no, he's yeah, not. He's outside. Yeah. You know. <sighs> All right. So the third and ultimately final trench run again would be led, led by Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Brian Urlacher. Led right. by Luke Skywalker. Now he was flanked by two other X-wing fighters. One piloted by Wedge Antilles. <laughs> Wedge. Yes. And his friend from Tatooine, Biggs Darklighter. <laughs> wedgie and Biggs. Yes. Biggs Wedgie. As Biggs Wedge. Those Big his, Wedge. <laughs> those were his wingmen on this third and ultimately final attempt. Rushing down the trench at full throttle, they found themselves being tra- being tailed by Darth Vader and his fighter squadron once again. So the two balls and... And just the regular TIE fighters. The, the one bald TIE fighter. One bald TIE fighter. Vader personally damaged Antilles' fighter, causing him to pull away at the order of Skywalker, because Luke was basically like, you know, all you're going to do is get killed. Like, get out of there. So Luke wanted to be the hero. Well, no, there was no... Like, once his ship got hit, he was of no use to Luke anymore, really. So. Oh, okay. Um, so um, Wedge Antilles did live, although his, his ship um, was badly damaged. And which caused him to pull away. However, Biggs Dark Biggs Darklighter, Luke's friend from Tatooine, was shot down and killed. And Vader, Darth Vader, is on the tail of Luke Skywalker. 
Okay, so the two balls are going after. <laughs> the, t- the two balls are going after the X-Wing. The X-Wing. Um, now, there is one ship that has been missing from this battle the whole time. What ship do you think that is? It's a ship Millennium there. Falcon. Yes. Ha! Yes. I got it right. Because now, Han Solo took his money and took off. He because did. he didn't want to be part of this. Yes. But then he thought better of it. Yes. And he's he's really got a golden heart underneath that yes. rough exterior. So Or he wanted the princess's booty. <laughs> could be both. I'm gonna go with both. Yes. Probably both. probably the latter was probably the the main priority, but mm-hmm. you know. Um so we at this, know which head men think with. Yes, we Sorry, David. Yes, we, no, it's okay. There's there's a, a I would be lying if I denied that. <laughs> so, um, at this point, Vader is hot on the tail of Luke Skywalker, and he's just got him locked in when all of a sudden... The Millennium Falcon. Yes. To his surprise, Vader's surprise, one of his wingmen is suddenly shot down by Han Solo. In his Han mil- Solo? Han, Han, <laughs> in his Millennium Falcon. His future son-in-law, post-mortem. Yes. Actually, yeah, you're, you are correct. Solo, believed to have abandoned the Rebels prior to the assault, unexpectedly returned to assist Skywalker in his most desperate moments. Momentarily distracted by the intervention, Vader's remaining wingman attempted to protect Vader, but collided with his ship instead, spiraling both of them, or I'm sorry, both spiraling into the side of the trench, killing Darth Vader's wingman and knocking Vader out of the trench and off course. Mm. So now Luke's all by himself. And remember I was talking about um, where Obi-Wan would show yes, up yes, again? Yes, uh-huh. In spirit. Luke, to the somewhat dismay of the, of the um, commanders watching over the battlefield, mm-hmm. everything play out, Luke turns off his targeting computer. Okay. So he doesn't have... <laughs> Come back. Sorry. Here we go. Stop kidding. So Luke tur- turns off his targeting computer, and mm-hmm. the commanders are like, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like it's okay. Obi-Wan, because he's now a force ghost, mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is guiding him and telling him he can do it, and that he's got it. So. Just talking him through it. Yes, exactly. So, because he's alone, Skywalker is able to focus on what Obi-Wan is telling him. He shoots a tor- two torpedoes along the trench wall and down the thermal exhaust port leading to the main reactor. The two surviving X-Wings, along with the Millennium Falcon and the one remaining Y-Wing, pulled away from the Death Star and made their way back to Yavin 4. Now on the overbridge, unaware of the impending doom, Grand Moff Tarkin, or Governor Tarkin, as Rachel had mentioned before, he's the one who oversees the Death Star. Okay. He's continuing to examine the battle, and... Is he the one with the old face? Yes, yes. That they reconstructed for... For um, Rogue One. Yes. Yes. They brought him back for that. Who looks like a kind of like a Nazi soldier. Yeah, well that's yes. kind of that's kind of how the empire that, was supposed yeah. to look. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to have that. The first order even is more. I a little bit I more. Really like mm-hmm. I is. like the choices they made for the first order's costumes. Yes. They're a lot darker, for sure. Yeah. I I really I appreciated the um the design choices. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Background in theater, sorry. <laughs> there you go. That's fine. <laughs> So, uh, Grand, Moff, Grand Moff Tarkin is continuing to examine the battle, and also you got to remember the Death Star is about to hone in on Yavin 4 and blow it up as it had blown up Alderaan previously. So there are just and moments... Is Leia on Yavin 4? Where's yes, Leia? Yes. She's on Yavin Oh, okay. 4. Yes, she's one of the people overseeing the battle. Okay. On the rebel side. So, 
Um, there's a countdown happening in the Death Star for when they're going to fire off their shot okay. to blow up pretty much one of the only one of the few remaining bases that the Rebels have. So this is all about to be over with for the Rebels. But mere seconds. Like, oh, go ahead. Like we were sorry. Like we were okay. saying with um, the weapons taking a while. It takes some, the weapon a while to charge up to full potential. Oh, okay. So that's why there's always a they countdown. have some advanced warning of these ah. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just mere seconds before the super laser could obliterate the small moon, the torpedoes struck the reactor, and the mammoth space station exploded into a million pieces, killing all aboard instantly and saving Yavin 4. So the 1,206,000... Let me get back to that. Yes, 1,206,293 personnel on board. Okay. Now, obviously not all Empire. You know, there were some private contractors, you know, people like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Things like that. People just look into, you know, stormtroopers didn't really have a choice, which makes it kind of sad. But yeah. it really, uh, if you think about it that way, it says a lot about casualties of war, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. That's yeah. true. A lot of uh, collateral damage. Yeah, plus, plus all the innocent contractors, you know, mm-hmm. um, doing contractor things. I mean, do you think you, your average stormtrooper knows how to install a toilet main? <laughs> hey, Finn, no wasn't Finn's job sanitation? It oh. was. <laughs> yes. That was also All I can think of, though, is like him trying to mop in the full stormtrooper mask. <laughs> I wish uh, there's probably uh, like a funny shot of that somewhere on, yeah. like, a, on like a B-roll somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's a, that's our biggest tragedy yet. Yes. Over 1.2 million people. Yes. Or creatures. Were people, there, creatures. Were there? Beings. Yeah, beings. There, there were. Th- well, not necessarily. The Empire is not known for having many non-humans in their ranks. They're Again, well there's the throwbacks them. to yes. Nazism. Yes. Ah. Um, pretty much um, all humans and pretty much all female. Oh. Or all male, I'm sorry. Yes. I mean, we haven't seen a female stormtrooper in, until the new. Right, the um, commander. Yeah, Captain Phasma. Yeah. Okay. Captain Phasma. Okay, I wasn't even Which... close. Gwendolyn Christie mm-hmm. does a great job as, and she's like six foot three. Yeah, mm. she's from, the lady from, Game, from of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yes. she's badass I on Game of Thrones. That much of Game of Thrones. So I read the books. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I watched a, for a little bit, like for the the action and the sex scenes, and then all of the talking got really boring. And so <laughs> I know, right? So boring. But uh, so. Now the Death Star is destroyed. Yes. This was the Empire's main weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty much where they had a bulk of their personnel. Mm-hmm. So this is a huge blow to the Empire. But there were another five movies to be made at least. Yes. Well, so, um, two for two sure. Two more and, and then, then two. Yes. Yes. The latest movies. This is following a newer this. version yes. of the Empire called the First Order. Ah. So, basically in the aftermath of the Death Star exploding, Mm -hmm. Skywalker Solo and the surviving rebel fighters return to Yavin, where there's a celebration ceremony in their honor. Is that when they, like, walk down, they get get honored with medals? They do. Everybody except for Chewbacca, for some reason, he doesn't get a medal. Well, because it doesn't, it can't go on his fur. It, because it Carrie Fisher's neck. like 5'2", and I don't think she could get <laughs> she it over reach. his head. They could've, they could've, it's Chewbacca. They could have put a ladder, they, a stool, something. This is the future or the past in a galaxy far, far away. Somebody had a stool. So my favorite part of the new Last Jedi might have been the Porg imitating Chewbacca's 
cry. Cry, yes. <laughs> so funny. Yes, that was pretty. That was I, I thought those that character had a potential to be, oh, it's a little too cute, but I, I thought it was actually kind of funny. The new, the, I, the I new thought it was pores. great, but I also like Ewoks, so. Mm. Yes. I wanted to name my mom's new dog Wicked because it looks. Oh, beautiful. okay. Yes, it, it, it does. I saw. I saw the pictures on Facebook. It, it is very, very small and furry. The uh, uh, another side note: the person who plays Wicked, I can't remember his name off the top of my Warwick head. Warwick Davis. Yes, he also has a scene in the new movie. Ah. He plays. Oh, I didn't know that. He plays one of the little people on the casino planet. There was he a... was also in the Harry Potter movies. He was yes, he Professor was. Flitwick, and he was Griphook the Goblin. Yes. Hmm. He's done pretty well for himself. I know nothing about Harry Potter other than... I know very little. You don't want to be a Slytherin or something like that. Yeah. I am a Slytherin, <laughs> and I would like to... <laughs> no, in the in the movies, it's always the bad people are in Slytherin, but Slytherin uh. is really more about ambition and cunning than anything. Mm. And I'm going to like pretend like I don't have... like. Probably a hundred dollars worth of Harry Potter merchandise within my reach. Oh, okay, <laughs> interesting. So, I went to the theme park over the summer, so I have oh, a dollar nice. wand. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. And one of these days, I'll get a lightsaber. I, I do need one in, in my collection. You can build them at Disney now, at Disney's Hollywood Studios in oh. Florida. You can build your own lightsaber. My brother has one. There you go. We've, we've been talking about going there. Yeah, we have. But to I Disney. am waiting until my graduation and when the new star wars world is built so ah, hey that would be a good time you, to go y- mm. you guys want to meet me there in 2019 we'll schedule a vacation there we, yeah, go. We, might. We, we can do a live podcast yeah <laughs> we could do a sequel to the death this death star being the second death star being destroyed there you That's go my, we, we can thing. record it there how, how is the empire it's like your typical government this gigantic thing and there's always the one spot that's the weakness and they do it Three more times. Yeah. Well, they they did it when they when they did the second Death Star. There was a different um, kill shot. The ships actually had to get inside of the Death Star the second time. Yes, around. and I that remember that. But mm-hmm. there's, I mean, I guess there's always an off switch. But yeah, and I, that was my thing. Is it was like, you know what makes a really huge target for the rebels to hit? A big planet destroying <laughs> spaceship. That's what are we going to build? Yes, they, exactly. They should have done like ricin or some sort of like um, poison or like. They should have poisoned the Death Star. No, 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 not <laughs> no. The the Empire should have come up with like something stealth as opposed to like is that a giant? Stealth is not how the Empire operates. The, I guess it's, yeah. it's it's big. Um, what, what is the term? The military term? Shock and awe. That's oh. that that is the Death Star or that's the Empire's mm-hmm. style. Because Sh- more than anything, the Empire, while it is kind of military, it's also government. So it's yes, very it much is. if you if you impress the people. And shock them. You don't have to control them because they're mm-hmm. scared of you. So mm-hmm. that's the idea. Yes. And Darth Vader, being one of the few Imperial survivors, he was later recovered in his damaged Tie One, uh, Tie Advanced One X spaceship, or his Tie One. And he Tie One, his Tie One, <laughs> and he would get his revenge oh. just a few years later. He went, Luke, damn you, Luke. Well, he he gets his revenge on Luke in a different way. Mm. Hmm. Daddy issues for life is how he gets back. Very much. How this is my thing. Luke, massive daddy issues. Leia doesn't have any daddy issues. Well, because Luke is a. I guess. I guess though, she does go for the man, kind of like her father. Uh, Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. 
And Luke also grew up, uh, or Leia, excuse me, grew up uh, amongst royalty. With, with the and she, with she did figures. grow up with a father. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Luke, Luke grew up, I mean, I don't think your father figure has to be somebody you call father. No. His uncle Owen could have been a father figure. Owen. Yeah. I, I guess... But I you get the a, you get the sense that they maybe not didn't have the best of relationships. Hmm. Yeah, I could get that. He was also, I mean, he wasn't even his blood uncle, really. Really? He was not. Oh, because no. uh, he was just given to them, and it was like, but they know. Oh. It's, so, it's, it's, so it's, they were more like his adoptive parents than yeah. his actual yeah. aunt yes. and uncle. But oh. they know who they know who he, his father was. Oh, yeah. Owen was Anakin's stepbrother in the oh. prequels. Yes, his mother married after. Uh, Anakin went away to the Jedi Academy. Yes. I, you're right. I completely forgot about that. That happened in uh, Attack of the Clones. I just watched that movie the other day while I was wrapping <laughs> presents because I was bored. <laughs> there you go. My dad and I watched New Hope a couple of uh, months ago because we were bored and my dad decided we were watching Star Wars. So we're eating pizza and watching Star right. Wars and sitting there just riff tracking the whole thing. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. Perfect. At, at all. At all. So yeah, um, that was the that, that was the destruction of the Death Star. Wow! That would I, I, I know, guess I know that sounded of, very exciting. There's a lot of uh, parallels that can be drawn to various militaries and ideas. Uh huh. Yes. Yep. In the seventies and now. Yeah. Yep. That's my thing. Is even when people think that movies are silly, art. Our art and our entertainment tells a lot about us as a society, and that's well, what I learned in college. Yes, it's a it's a reflection on the times. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at, um, I didn't become a big fan of seventies movies until maybe like ten years ago. Mm. But you look at a lot of seventies movies. There's a reason that there is the, the tone that they have, which is a little dark, a little gritty, because dark. we're either still in or just coming out of Vietnam. A lot of you know, hijackings every other yeah. day. Like I mean, a lot of a lot of bombings, a lot of terrorism in New York City, as mm-hmm. we learned watching that one documentary. Mm-hmm. You know, by you know, there was what a hundred bombings in one year in New York Something City. Something crazy like, like that. that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. You look also, at, I mean. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. If you look at like coming into there was like what was the first one of the prequel trilogy was in like 99 i think yes it was. I was really i was, I was really really young i was 22 yeah i was kidding <laughs> i was seven <laughs> but going into that and i remember uh revenge of the sith would have come out when i was that was oh five Revenge of the Sith was 05, yeah. So I would have been 13. I read Time Magazine about it because I read Time Magazine at 13. Yeah. There you go. Let's let's not talk about that. <laughs> but yeah, thinking about like how even sort of those movies changed, because I mean, between 99 and 05, there was September 11 yeah. mm-hmm. and the War on Terror yeah. and everything like that. You could see, I mean, the story obviously was going to get darker, but the tone of the entertainment changes versus even now, like we said, the darker sequel trilogy. Oh, yeah. You know, and so I, I mean, really- I was I was a little kid in in the 1980s. That's when I was in my little kid phase. Well, little kid phase, like, naturally, because I was a little kid. You were a little kid. (laughs) But um, you look back on 80s movies, because I watched a ton of them. I mean, we had HBO growing up, so I watched a lot of movies. Lucky. And and there is is such an... What's the way to say it? 
there is such a chest beating "We're America" yeah. like tone to movies, like and then you over patriotic. Yeah, and then you look back on what the politics were at the time, and that's that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. I mean the movies, the Reagan era, popular cultural 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 po- popular culture will reflect what's going on mm-hmm. naturally mm-hmm. because where do you think okay. art, where do you think artists are getting their points of view from? Right, right, yeah. So. It's actually a new movement some of my friends have been talking about. There's a movement called craftivism, which is working through your feelings about activism and everything through art. Sure. Yeah. Which is kind of actually very fun. We've tried it a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's so many different things you can do with it. Yeah. I mean, it could be written. It could be spoken like we're doing. Mm-hmm. No. Um, yeah. Craftivism. That is good. That is pretty it's, cool. It's a lot of fun. A lot more fun than actual activism, too. <laughs> well, it's a lot less cold. Yes. Really. <laughs> like somebody's like, oh, what are we going to do if uh, this X, Y, and Z happens? We're going to have to protest it. I'm like, it's negative seven outside. Uh-huh. I'm going to protest yeah. inside. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to protest that it's cold outside. <laughs> I'm like, I'll have a sit-in somewhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like the... But anyway, for the best yeah. closing note, other than the Star Wars movies, what is the best 80s movie? Wow, there's a lot to choose from there. I know, movie. right? Oh, I, Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. That's mine. I think I'm going to have to go with The Goonies. I still have never seen The Goonies. That's a shame. I haven't seen either. So ah. I'm going to go with shame. either either <laughs> Ghostbusters that's or that's for, another, for another great Carrie Fisher role, The Blues Brothers. Ah, my dad that. loves The Blues Brothers. That Very Illinois seen. appropriate, too. It is. Um, I've been by the prison where it was oh. all filmed and set. Um, they actually used to hold at the old Joliet prison. Uh, huh. They have Blues Brothers uh, tribute <laughs> bands and stuff. And really? my parents have gone to a bunch of the events there because wow. my dad works a lot in Will County. Yeah. Okay. It's a that's big thing cool. around here. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah. So the Goonies, Blues Brothers. And this is Final Tap. Yeah. Okay. Three very different and choices. Very different. <laughs> I mean, Carrie Fisher being a machine gun wielding badass in the Blues Brothers <laughs> kind of helps that movie's case. There you go. I, did, I had no idea she was even in it. I, I've I never, did not. I've, never I've seen only seen it, it once. And she I comes in at the it. end because one of the brothers used to promise to marry her and she tries to shoot them with a machine oh, gun as an okay. absolutely unhinged woman. She's great. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, rest in peace, Carrie Fisher. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a year ago tomorrow, I think. Oh, oh wow, that's right, because it was right yeah, at the end of the, the year. year right the after. Literal end or of the no, year. right before her right mom. Right before New Year's Eve, yeah. And right before her mom died, yep. yeah. Uh-huh. That was uh, my friend Sam, who was 23 or 24, passed away this year, and that oh. was one of the things when I was upset afterward. I asked one of my friends, I'm like, do you think you met Carrie Fisher? And my friend Heather goes, yeah, uh-huh. I think you did, Rachel. Aww. I think you did. I'm like, okay, then I feel a little bit better. There you go. I never realized what Princess Leia meant to women as a symbol mm-hmm. until oh, Carrie yeah. Fisher mm-hmm. died. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I really, I really never though. thought of her as, because I'm not a woman, mm-hmm. yeah. yet. I mean, no. think about, um, if you just think about the scene from Return of the Jedi, where she takes this stupid slug that was objectifying her and mm-hmm. had her in this stupid bikini, yeah, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. fucking kills him. And she strangles, strangles him, him with the chain he enslaved her with. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. For every woman that's ever seen that, mm-hmm. that is the most beautiful thing they've mm-hmm. ever seen. And I never thought, it, thought of it that way either. And she just, kills him with the chain she, he was using mm-hmm. to dominate like her. her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, never, just, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. 
well, now maybe you got a little. Not that you don't have a good perspective on female issues, but there's a good. He doesn't. A, a good I don't. Way to think about it. <laughs> hey, I figured he was a sensitive man. So. He he does pretty good. He had um, two older sisters growing up. Lived with his oh. mom and two sisters, so uh, a lot of. Uh, every once in a while, he'll surprise me with something like unusually sensitive, and I'll I'll point out, be like, "That's awesome," and he's like. Well, I did grow up with two older sisters, remember? <laughs> oh, that's that's what my brother's going to be like. I'm Aww. seven years older than him, and mm-hmm. my sister is five years older than him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he's always grown up with sisters, and so he's actually the sensitive one Aww. between yeah. the three of us. My sister and I are like, really? You're crying over this movie <laughs> right now? And then we're like, that's good. Be in touch with your feelings, Noah. But Aww. seriously. That's almost the same span. Like, my middle sister is three years older than me. My oldest sister is seven years older than me. So, uh, yeah, my, uh, I'm the oldest and you can definitely tell. And my boyfriend is also the oldest and you can definitely tell mm-hmm. in this house sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're both There's youngest a, and you can yes, tell. Yes, we are. We're both the youngest. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. So thank you so much, Rachel, for being on and all of your, uh, much more intelligent, research and uh contribution that i clearly was capable of giving clearly (laughs) and um uh tell us about tell us about your podcast because it's awesome okay well as you've heard on this show before my name is rachel i host yours in murder with my sister rebecca she has a degree in forensic science and other than the theater degree i've talked about i also have a degree in journalism So we can look kind of behind the headlines and behind the autopsy reports and bring you some true crime stories. We release weekly, and you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn. You can actually get us on your Amazon Alexa, which is the coolest, stupidest thing I've ever done. That's cool. Yes. What what do you say? Like, Alexa, play my podcast. Uh, You say, Alexa, play podcast yours in murder, and she will pull up our latest episode. Oh, that's and it does. Awesome. I almost want to get an it Alexa is, just to test just it. Just to do that. Yeah. <laughs> just you, to see if it does it for ours. <laughs> if you guys list list your podcast on TuneIn and tell me when it's on there, and I'll post a video of my Alexa doing it for you. Nice. <laughs> I, I definitely, I want to. Uh, okay. I, I'm, I'm down All with right, that. All right, we'll do that. Yeah. I, um, I just, let's see, just a couple nights ago, finished up your uh, Jean Benet Ramsey two-parter with the, the, um, the theories of what happened to Jean Benet. That was a good one. The first episode I ever listened to of, of your show was the one you did on OJ, which I found hysterical because I was 17 when that happened. And you're like, you're like, Oh, this is the, for your sister. You're like, Oh, I was born this year. I'm like, you were born in 1994. I'm like, Oh my God. So yeah, that, that, that was, sisters, that was funny to listen to. Baby of podcasting. It was so funny to listen to. Cause you're both like, we don't remember this growing up. Cause we're, I'm like, Oh my God, I remember everything about yeah. it. Like yeah. it's, so it was kind of funny. Like just again, what we were talking about, like the different perspectives, mm-hmm. it was funny. Like, okay, obviously somebody born in 1994 wouldn't know anything about OJ. Right. No, Probably, she learned about it as part of school. Yeah, yeah later, right. way like later on. Thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, when I was growing up, OJ was one of the more famous people in America, like, easily. Yeah, he played football. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> See, knew OJ as a, as a great running back. Yeah. <laughs> For your team. <laughs> For my team, yes. That's my thing, is I'm thinking about um, maybe in the future doing, like, Aaron Hernandez, because I feel like oh. Aaron Hernandez might be the more the modern equivalent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
and it's got the CTE angle yeah. and all he that. He didn't yeah. nearly have the fame, but his case is definitely very famous. Very famous, yeah. yes. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that would that would be fascinating. Yeah. I'd be interested in hearing that, because I've only heard, like, little bits and pieces and stuff about his case. Yeah. Very tragic. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, if you're into tragedy, which you are because you're listening to this podcast. Because you're listening to all bad things. Yes. <laughs> please go check out Yours and Murder. Absolutely. So fun and to listen to. Thank you again to All Bad Things for letting me guest host an episode, which I suggested in a 3 a.m. finals panic. <laughs> <laughs> it was an As soon as she told me what your idea was, I was like, yes, we're doing that. Yeah. I, I, I believe I texted her and I'm like, this is either madness or brilliance. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> no, it, was, it, it was brilliance. If you ever. Okay, well, good. If you ever ask me whether something is madness or, or brilliance, I'm not going to ever say anything other than brilliance because that's how my mind works too so i will always be it's the perfect idea even if it's not but i think this was a good one yes absolutely (laughs) absolutely so this has been another episode of all bad things i'm david i'm rachel i'm also rachel and we'll see you next week